Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, book by book, chapter by chapter, and out loud. Um, you know, and sometimes I wish and sung uh, when you're looking at Psalms like we are today. We're looking at Psalm 44, uh, but for uh, the sake of you all, we're just going to read it straight through. <laughs> but yeah, looking at this Psalm here, and yeah, we, we've looked at a few of these here in the 40s. Um, and some of these sons of Korah, and talked a little bit about that. Th this one's an interesting one, though. Um, it, it, there's a lot of things uh, that it has in common with the Psalms that we've had we've seen so far, uh, but the way that this one breaks it down, uh, the way that you've got, I mean, it, it's so focused on the nations, about uh, the taunt, the scorn. I mean, this feels like a, I mean, just a very particular Psalm. Um, for the occasions of you know Christians suffering under uh, persecution um, or, or mm. what might be felt as persecution, so uh, a very really cool psalm to be looking at here. Kind of a longer psalm, um, some good stuff in here. And joining us today, we have as our guest, we've got Pastor Ben Maiden, pastor at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Charlottesville, Virginia. Good morning, brother. How are you doing? So good to have you with us today. Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, good to be with you and all the all the listeners to dive into this this great psalm that uh, you gave it a good intro there already. Lots of good stuff in here. Well, um, you know, one one of the things that's um, kind of interesting that we probably should talk about um, not not before too long is also that it says that this is a a maskil which is, uh, we've had a few of these uh, maskeels before, so it's nothing uh, that we haven't, it's not totally new, but that is interesting that we have kind of all of these things um, all together, but <clears throat> without putting the cart before the horse here, uh, would you open us up, brother, with a prayer for us and for everyone listening along today, um, as well as for all of our brothers and sisters? Sure, uh, let us pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, good and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for this opportunity to come together to, to study and to hear your word. We ask that you would uh, send your spirit amongst us to those who uh, study here in the radio waves, those who listen, uh, that these words would be a, a wise word for us, that they would strengthen our hearts, that they would strengthen us in our faith toward you and increase in us the fervency of our love toward one another. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. All right. Let's go ahead and we'll just read the thing straight through. Um, and that, that'll include the, the title, the superscription here. That's in the Hebrew and Greek texts also. Um, but we'll just re read the whole thing through and then we'll kind of circle back around and try to think about, you know, what, what do we make of this title, um, you know, to the choir master, a masculine of the sons of Korah. Um, you know, how, how does that kind of help us uh, frame our expectations and how see how it fits together. But I think that just reading it will hopefully help us the most in terms of seeing how it all fits together. So here it is from the top, Psalm 44. To the choir master, a masquil of the sons of Korah. O God, we have heard with our ears, our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. You with your own hand drove out the nations, but them you planted. You afflicted the peoples, but them you set free. 
For not by their own sword did they win the land, nor did their own arm save them, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your face, for you delighted in them. You are my king, O God, ordained salvation for Jacob. Through you we push down our foes. Through your name we tread down those who rise up against us. For not in my bow do I trust, nor can my sword save me. But you have saved us from our foes and have put to shame those who hate us. In God we have boasted continually, and we will give thanks to your name forever. Silah. But you have rejected us and disgraced us and have not gone out with our armies. You have made us turn back from the foe, and those who hate us have gotten spoil. You have made us like sheep for slaughter and have scattered us among the nations. You have sold your people for a trifle, demanding no high price for them. You have made us the taunt of our neighbors, the derision and scorn of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations, a laughing stock among the peoples. All day long my disgrace is before me, and shame has covered my face. At the sound of the taunter and the reviler, at the sight of the enemy and the avenger. All this has come upon us, though we have not forgotten you, and we have not been false to your covenant. Our heart has not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your way. Yet you have broken us in the place of jackals and covered us with the shadow of death. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to a foreign God, would not God discover this? For he knows the secrets of the heart. Yet for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake! Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our belly clings to the ground. Rise up. Come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. So, you know, I, I, that's a really uh, helpful psalm to read the whole way through. It, it, I think it clearly has a couple of different sections and it makes a couple of different turns. And you can just, you can just kind of feel the, the structure of the, uh, of the complaint is, is sometimes the word they use mm -hmm. in the literature. Not that it's like, you know, griping, you know, but like it's, yeah. um, you know, hey, God, you've been you've been faithful all this time you've been faithful to our fathers in the past what's up what why not right now right now it's like you've you've forgotten and you're not being yourself so i i mean i i feel like the kind of the pain and the the perplexity i think you really feel it when you you put all this together right yeah absolutely and you're right to to note that that the, the complaining or Lament Psalms, uh, I think they're sometimes called, and and almost like a. There's a lot of these types of psalms of the the psalmist, the singer. Sometimes it's of an individual. Um, sometimes it's of a of a whole congregation, which this one seems to be mostly of a a whole congregation of people um, issuing this this lament. This that that things are not working out the way they're supposed to. Um, one uh, well-known Old Testament scholar in his in his writing the Psalms, he says the he says the he breaks them down into three three types of Psalms. He says there's there's Psalms of orientation that the, the kind of, those are the oh, ones yeah. that kind of set that 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 God is everything is is right the way it's supposed to. So like a 
like a Psalm 8 or something. Oh, Lord, how majestic is your name and all the earth and goes on and you're on your throne and God's wonderful. Um, he also says that there's, there's Psalms of reorientation. Um, and there's, there's, that might be like a Psalm 22, which we know at least the first line of that well from Jesus on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This isn't right. But if you read through the rest of that psalm, it, things turn, and they, they get reoriented. Oh, but God, he comes to rescue. He sets his servant. Posterity will serve him. And so kind of the end, it, it works out. And then there's this big bunch of psalms, 40-some of them, um, which uh, he would term uh, psalms of disorientation, <laughs> which means mm-hmm. when they give voice, that we all have. That's the beautiful thing about the Psalms is they give words for what you're going through when you might not be able to think of the words yourself is that when things are not right, when I'm disoriented that God, I thought if we do this X, Y, and Z, and then A, B, and C follow, I've followed the rules and yet all, all hell's breaking loose. (laughs) It's kind of what they're. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't adding up, right. This wasn't, this wasn't the deal, right. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like I, I followed the steps, right. Like what's, what's up. Um, yeah, no, it's, um, it reminds you of, of Job, right. In his own complaint where, you know, Mm -hmm. he's, he's just suffering and he's got all this stuff going on. He's like, now hang on a second. I lived righteously. (laughs) I, I offered sacrifices for my children. I mean, and all his friends are like, no, nah, you, you messed up somewhere. And he's like, no, I did not. You know, like, and, and I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on, but I'm owed an answer. Right. I mean, like, yeah. we can relate to that. You know, I mean, how often do we find ourselves in the midst of suffering and we feel like we're owed an explanation? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we absolutely find one of the difficult things as a as a Christian to live through this and 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 our, our different realities we experience is that. There are, I mean, you mentioned Job, that, that, that kind of literature, which is when things don't add up. I've followed the rules. I've done what I thought I was supposed to, and yet the whole world's crashing in upon me. Um, and yet there's other, other scriptures, a lot of the Proverbs, for example, which kind of good um, wisdom for living. If you stay away from the wrong kind of people, you surround right. yourself by good people, things will, will turn out. And that's that's good wisdom. That's the kind of stuff we we teach right. our kids. Yeah, you know, sure. choose choose mm-hmm. good friends. You know, find a good spouse yep. who shares your beliefs. You know, um, and that generally works. But then, w- words like Job and a Psalm like forty four um, give voice to the reality that it doesn't always work out that way. That when yeah, even, that's, even that's when well you think said. you follow the lines, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that that's well said. And I think that in Job, I mean, that's definitely, I think, one of the lessons that we have that, yeah, it's not, it's not that, that, that it's wrong, right? And I think, I think that sometimes when we read the New Testament, we, we go maybe a little bit too far, because we want to like, just throw that out entirely, and say like, oh, yeah, the whole thing about, you know, you do good, and you're blessed, and you sin, and you're punished, like, oh, that's just totally wrong. Like, well, no, I mean, yeah. it's not totally wrong. It's actually just, like you were saying, it's, it's generally right actually i I mean generally speaking like you you want to follow the proverbs like it's 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 good advice that wisdom is there because i mean things tend to you know work work better for you actually in the long run when you you know don't lie Mm -hmm. and you know uh, cheat people and like you know have good friends like you were saying all the rest so no those things are generally true still Mm -hmm. Um, and and god generally operates that way but but the, the the hard lesson 
in Job or, you know, of course, I think seen most poignantly, poignantly in the cross of our Lord Jesus or in this psalm is that it's not always going to work out that way. There are exceptions and very mm -hmm. painful ones. God is not beholden to some kind of absolute standard of justice, um, like certainly not our own absolute standard of justice, as if that were more divine than his own divine nature. No, no, absolutely. And, 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 and recognizing that, you know, pastorally, as we're speaking to um, others or, you know, going through things our, ourselves, that if you only had Proverbs, <laughs> if you only had yeah. Job's friends, the ones who are supposed to yeah. be, you know, comforting him, right. if that's all you had, that can be really destructive. And that can lead to, you know, uh, well, a, a not good end. Um, I know one of my uh, professors, um, and speaking of these kind of these kind of of literatures and the the different kinds of wisdom which are in the scriptures, he says you have something right. like Proverbs, and he says that's like you're out in uh, out there in California, um, Pastor, where he says it's it's that's Proverbs is for sunny California when the weather's nice and you do this and then this follows. He says um, a book like Ecclesiastes, which is this, he says that's, uh, that's the rainy season in the Northwest. That's like in, you know, when it's cloudy and it's kind of down. And, but then he says once in a while there's a hurricane <laughs> and the wind's going 80 miles yeah. an hour and yeah, there's trees true. that are going yeah, no, horizontal. No, 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 that's right. It, and that's it, it doesn't mean um, Psalm 44. That those things don't happen. And, and actually it's, uh, it, it, it's funny because, you know, you mentioned, um, you mentioned California, but – so, so yes, you, you have, you know, the, these, these general truths, um, but these are the, the Psalms that help us understand that there are certainly exceptions. And it's a great thing that we have these Psalms, um, lest we think that the scriptures only speak to one kind of situation or <laughs> one part of the country or um, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. Um, what's interesting, I want to ask you about this, though, right? Like, so you have this, it says at the beginning, it's to the choir master, and we've said that that, I don't know, maybe that's like the tune or something, or it's a certain collection of the psalms, right? Uh, but then it's a masquil of the sons of Korah, or, or, or Korah. Um, and I wonder about that, because I know there's a lot of disagreement, but we've we've talked about masquils before. Um, and they, if you look just at the root, the Hebrew root, um, it means to be skillful or to um, perhaps even have insight. And so I feel like anyway, when I look at Moskiels, I feel like they tend to be psalms that give some kind of an insight. Like actually, they they have their own kind of wisdom um, in them, which is really striking if that's the case here, because like you were mentioning, this seems to kind of butt up against um, some of the kind of typical wisdom literature that says like, hey, do good and things will go well, do bad, and you'll get punished. Um, and this kind of seems to go the other direction. And yet, um, like we were saying, Job is also wisdom literature that kind of points out that that's, there are exceptions to the rule. So um, I wonder, I wonder if, if this psalm, if, if it's just kind of straight, unfiltered um, disorientation, like you were saying, like just, I, I don't even know what to make of it, or if actually this is kind of um, an artistic, inclusion of those sorts of disoriented expressions, but the psalm is actually implicitly trying to tell us, hey, don't 
don't give up. Don't think that everything has has gone to pieces. I mean, it uses that that language of, "Hey, are you sleeping, God?" Right? But it, it's not yeah. that we we seriously think that. It's that we we're, we're actually kind of saying the opposite. Like, actually, even when it seems like he is, we know that he's not. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's that. I mean, just a couple of things about uh, this is one psalm and. And these these titles, these these superscriptions, you know, that whether they're right there at the beginning or, you know, we seem to think they were very, very early on uh, can part of this this collection of psalms, which to say they were a collection that while Psalm 44 right. is does speak the truth, it doesn't speak the whole truth, that there's also one of the Psalm 121 that the Lord, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. <laughs> they they sing they sing that song. That's right. in a hymnal, too. Right. And so. Um, mm-hmm. But there is something I'm always I always like to 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 first just let uh, that the, the presence of this psalm in the scriptures in the Psalter in the hymnal of God's ancient people and through them in our hymnal um, is is its permission in some sense I don't know if, to to speak this way that um, yeah. that you can um, if you didn't think you could do it on your own. You might not come up with this on your own, but right here in the scriptures yeah. is these people, of, and there's, and it's, it's, it's the the, 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 the first part of the psalm is all great, good, you know, solid biblical, you know, grace alone doctrine. We know that the, the fathers, you did great things. It was all you, God. It was your hand. It was your strength. It was not their bow. My successes are not are not me. It's all you, God, um, and we praise you for that. And then when you get to verse nine, it's this big, but, <laughs> but you right. have rejected and disgraced us. And, and to think, uh, am I, am I gutsy enough to come up with a, a prayer like that on my, on my own? Or do I, do I yeah. hold back or think that it's somehow less than pious to, to, yeah, to right. speak? And it, it, there's, there's a familiarity and intimacy like God. We might not all like to admit it, but the, the people with whom we, uh, we, we probably all, or most of us anyway, um, talk to the people um, to whom we are closest <laughs> in ways yeah. at times mm-hmm. that we wouldn't imagine talking to other people, whether it's a spouse or our children or our parents. Yeah. And I think part of the reason we do that is if it's in the context of a loving relationship, you can say things, right. even though maybe you shouldn't, Mm-hmm. But you can say him because you know that 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 yeah. relationship is solid, and no matter what I say, they're not going anywhere. Right. And so the the, the Th- fact that the well. psalmist can get right in God's face and say, "Would you wake yep. up, you lousy sleepy guy?" Yep. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you could say, "I know you no, need to slumber at- sleep," but but the very right. fact you can say that bespeaks a deep deep mm-hmm. trust. So. Um, I really think so. I agree with you. I feel like this is that intimacy of of wrestling with God, right? You know, that like when you have Jacob there, you know, like physically wrestling with God and saying, "No, I'm I'm not letting you go until you bless me." I mean, like that sort of audacity, right? I mean, it's the audacity yeah. that um, you know, a little child has with their with their parent, right? You know, like you've got uh, you know, like my little daughter, right? You know, who has the audacity to like come up to me and start like beating me with a stuffed animal saying, I am going to defeat you, right? Like, no Mm -hmm. one in the right, well, I'm not going to say like no one in the right (laughs) mind, but most people, right, would not like have this sort of boldness, I guess. 
Um, yeah. But but she does, right? And, yeah. and like you were saying, kind of getting in getting in the face, right? Um, and, and so it's yeah. like, how how can she do that? Like, well, she knows I'm not gonna like flip out and like retaliate in kind, and you know, uh, yeah. just you know, yeah. you know, pounce on her and everything else. Like there there is a certain amount of intimacy and trust that allows for this kind of wrestling. Uh, kind of aggressive language and so mm-hmm. yeah no I, I i like what you're saying that on a certain level it's good and healthy to kind of let that stand and even to perhaps even um embolden us in our own prayers that you know like mm-hmm. hey y- y- we can pray this way and like like going to church is not just like we're gonna go and like put a happy face on and say only pious sounding things right there's mm-hmm. room for all this stuff too. You have rejected us and disgraced us. You've made us a laughing stock and a byword. Why are you sleeping? Like there, there's room for that expression too. So I, I like I like mm-hmm. that point. Um, and and I, and I feel yeah. like actually it complements the idea of the masculine because I, I think that just knowing that you can say this stuff, it, mm-hmm. it has the trust. It reflects the trust that ultimately that's not actually the last word. Because like, why would you bother yeah. even saying all this stuff if you thought that that really was the last word, right? If you thought that he no, really exactly. didn't care anymore and that he really did just mm-hmm. hate, hate our guts now and it had really backed out on everything, it wouldn't do any good to say any of this. So, I mean, I think that maybe is some of the insight that, that the fact that you have the boldness to say this, the boldness of faith, shows that you actually have the faith that recognizes that even though it feels this way, it's it's actually there's room to say it um in the moment that it feels this way that you you know ultimately it's not yeah no i I think you're absolutely right there and this is exactly the opposite direction that uh, a position of of a lack of faith would go into agnosticism or atheism that things aren't working out and therefore that is evidence that there's not a god or worse that there is a god and he doesn't care for me um, and so forget you, God, but just the opposite. Right. It, it lays out these things and says, but I am not, I will not stop speaking to you. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to have to raise my voice, as a matter of fact. There's some, it's often brought <laughs> yeah, up in these contexts. It's always a great sermon illustration that um, that movie, I was probably 20 years or so ago with Robert Duvall, the apostle. And um, he's just like big uh, Pentecostal preacher. Um, hmm. And one, one night, He's in his, he's like still lives with his mother, you know, he's like, I guess, um, his mother, I think it's with his mother anyway. And he is up all night and he's, he's just giving it to God and yelling at God, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. He's at, and the neighbors are calling and tell him, shut up. You hear through the neighborhood and someone calls and his mom answers the phone and, um, and, and, and this person says, can you just tell your son to be quiet? And, um, she says, uh, ever since he was a little boy, Sometimes he talks to the Lord, and sometimes he yells at the Lord. And tonight, he's yelling at him. <laughs> and and yeah. this is a psalm. Sometimes we talk to the Lord. Sometimes we whisper to the Lord. Sometimes we sing to the Lord. We probably don't as often as we should, given the reality of our own sin and the brokenness of the world, uh, yell yeah. at God. But the psalmists, I mean, a yeah. good 40 of these psalms are uh, are yelling to God. And maybe that's, maybe that's as you're that alone has something to do with this mosquito that there is a there's a depth yeah. of wisdom there that um mm-hmm. it's it's only those who have you know in the good lutheran term who have uh been tested who go through the mm-hmm. the tentatio who've who've wrestled with yep. god who can speak um this kind of wisdom 
I, I think, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a really cool analogy, actually. And, and I think it, it kind of directs us, um, especially, yeah, you mentioned kind of that kind of the Lutheran way of framing it. Um, it. It really brings us back to the reality of, you know, God uses these circumstances to deepen our faith, right? Um, and, and if it seems like God has given us over to the devil, it's because the devil is acting on God's orders, like like in Job, right? Like in, in the sense of that, that God is directing everything ultimately for his good, and that mm-hmm. you know Satan can't lift a finger without God allowing yeah. it to happen. So that, I feel like then really for us, makes it um, all, the, all the more interesting to consider what is going on with this being a psalm of the sons of Korah, um, if I can just, you know, spend even longer on the first, uh, you know, the zeroth verse here, uh, <laughs> because we looked at this a couple um, psalms ago when we we're looking at Psalm 42, that we saw like the, the mm-hmm. Korahites, we recall from like Numbers, for example, um, they had these special uh, temple duties, um, you know, there's this very a keen temple interest. And when you look at Psalm 42, it seems to be this idea of a Korahite who wants so desperately to get back to the temple so he can observe uh, the feast, whatever that might be, if it's a feast of you know, tabernacles or the, the feast of uh, trumpets or who, who knows what it is. But he's been cut off and unable to do that. And so to consider then, like, what might make a Korahite have a night where he's yelling at God? I feel like that actually mm-hmm. can add some more depth to this psalm and our appreciation of it. But we got to first take a short little break here, but we'll be right back, everybody. We're looking at Psalm 44 here on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back. These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan 316. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor H.A.S. Benoist. We're looking at Psalm 44 today, this Maskeel of the Sons of Korah. And we were just talking about here with our guest today, we've got Pastor Ben Maton, pastor at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, just how to even be able to speak these words, like this, but particularly the words right back in verse 9, you have rejected us and disgraced us. You know, in verse 14, you've made us a laughing stock, right? To, to even be able to talk that way, um, it shows a kind of childlike trust and intimacy with God as a father, um, to, to have the security to be able to yell at him at certain times, right? I mean, the sort of in- intimacy I think we see uh, with the Lord Jesus, who even, you know, could pray, you know, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me, forsaken me, Right. There's an intimacy there that knows it's not the end of the story. Um, you know, th- so th- this is this is really interesting, and I, and I think that we want to maybe speak a little bit uh, more to this then. Why would a son of Korah, um, who has this intense uh, 
temple interest relationship, right, be saying all this stuff? Like, what would make a Korahite talk this way and say, like, hey, in the past you did all this stuff, but now this is just a total disaster? Um, I don't know. I mean, is that what was what was I guess what you thought about while you were considering that? Yeah, I mean, I hadn't really considered that before, to tell you the truth. Um, I mean, I guess I'd sense if this is someone whose love and devotion is to the temple and its services. Um, we know those times through the the history of, of, of God with his people when the when the temple was was threatened, either when or when the services of the Lord were completely forgotten, or at later times when the temple itself was 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 torn down and and ransacked and you you might imagine especially all these these words about the nations and things like that um someone who is so committed and so devoted and so loved the presence of god which was known and experienced around the temple um just being thrown for a complete loop especially when you (laughs) when you knew from the fathers things like david's you know that my name will dwell here forever and then you wake up one morning right. and say, well, it doesn't look like it. So you could definitely see right. that. That, that. That would be extremely disorienting for the one thing that a Korahite especially, I think, as you're getting at, would think, if anything is sure in this world, it's the temple. It's the, it's the presence yeah. of God at this temple. And when that is shaken, well, then that, that rocks your world. And that, would, <laughs> that could give rise to not just talking to God, now it's, now it's yelling at God. So, exactly. I, I, that's where my mind went to when I was thinking about this, and I feel like there's there's a, there's a couple of of parts here where it, it really suggests that that we're talking about. This is a psalm that's in response to the destruction of the temple at the hands of the Babylonians. Um, mm. it, you know, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't come out and say that. So I'm not going to, you know, say like it has to exactly be that in the first place. But I feel like there's actually a lot of a lot of other details that that suggest it as well. One of the one of the big ones um, being in verse 10, you know, you have made us uh, turn back from the foe and those who hate us have gotten spoil. You know, uh, like you were saying, that first section, you know, that we looked at uh, talking about the days of old, you know, we're talking about. Uh, driving out the nations in verse two that that sounds a lot like the work with joshua right um Mm -hmm. you know planting the people securely um there in the promised land right um you know just everything with like not by their own sword did they win the land um the language of you know by your right hand um that that recalls Mm -hmm. the stuff with joshua going back to moses right so you -hmm. know so that seems to recall this earlier um stage in the game right where where god seemingly just you know blessing and increasing right leading up to the time of david but 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 then here um when when did israel you know get get plundered well i mean like in the biggest way in a way that a korahite might really care about since the korahites were there um you know presiding over the holy things of the temple um those things were just spoiled when when the temple was was destroyed and we know that actually we we read it in daniel Right, that the the Babylonians and the and the Medes and the Persians, right, um, right, mm-hmm. I suppose really more like the the Medes, um, they, they took the holy things of God, the vessels, and they were using them for drinking parties, you know. So yeah, in, yeah. in that in that instance, you really feel, you know, while Daniel's there in exile, um, that yeah, the Israelites have been made a laughing stock, and their God is being 
is being mocked. Yeah, no, that's great. I wonder if that too, um, again, one of the, the challenging things about the Psalms and also one of the beautiful things is one of the, the, the challenging things is, is, is trying to, you know, find the, uh, a specific context perhaps in which the Psalm uh, arose um, the same way we can do with, you know, maybe hymns that we might sing today, you know, a great Gerhardt hymn or something that we can say, oh, we knew what Gerhardt was going through at this period of his life, and he yeah. wrote these words yeah. in response. And yet they still speak to a, a greater context, um, as this psalm certainly mm-hmm. does, whether we have, but bringing that stuff up about the temple, you know, there's in, in both verse 10 and then towards the end of the psalm, I guess it's in verse 23 or 20. 22 this this language um or verse 11 you've made us as sheep for the slaughter um the uh regarded as sheep to be slaughtered um you can imagine that mm-hmm. imagery uh arising for someone like a korite who when the temple was going things were going the way they were supposed to in the temple there were constantly uh sacrifices going on the sheep who were being sacrificed yeah. you'd see that and you could see how this image how things have changed Instead of the temple being the yeah. place where these sheep uh, are offered up to God, we've become the sheep. We are now the ones yeah. being slaughtered. Total, the total flip-flop. And then, like you said, that the, I mean, the later Psalm, Psalm 137, when they're by the waters in Babylon and their, their, uh, mm-hmm. their captors come and say, sing us some of those sweet songs that you used to sing. You know, oh, we love your accent. Yeah. You know, oh, those are nice songs. And this, the kind of taunting um, yeah. The byword, you know, they've, they've become yeah. the proverbial Israelite, you know, <laughs> when when uh, when you want to say someone's a real loser, you call them an Israelite. They've become like, you know, you might these days say, oh, he's a Benedict Arnold means he's a he's a traitor. Yep, exactly. but they've become right. <laughs> an Israelite. Oh, failed God. And and all that. You can definitely see that the right. the pathos yeah. arising from that kind of. Yeah, no. I, yeah. I, I, I think so. When you when you're looking at you know like uh, you know verse thirteen and fourteen there, right? That 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 taunt the disgrace, right? Um, and fifteen yeah. there, um, it, it absolutely sounds like the experience of God's people in Babylon. Um, another, another thing too, in verse twelve, um, you have sold your people for a trifle. You know mm. that that language of of selling. Yeah, I feel like that that mm-hmm. takes you back to to Joseph, right? Who is sold yeah. by his yeah, brothers into yeah. slavery. Which, which was always mm-hmm. seen, I think, in in the history of God's people as a as a type and anticipation of what happened in the exile. Um, that it was yeah. like you know God's people were like sold into slavery again. It was another um, mm. Egyptian um, bondage there in uh, Babylon, which is why you had so much of the comparisons between Egypt and Babylon, like for instance in the prophet Isaiah. So yeah, I, I really I really think a lot of these things um, point that way. The, the thing I think perhaps is the biggest thing that makes you like question that is then what what he says, what the psalmist says here in verse 17, which, I mean, this is the thing that I feel like yeah. of everything in the yeah. psalm is the thing that maybe gets me the most. All this has come upon us, though we have not forgotten you, right? We yeah. have not been false right. to your covenant. Like, that's the thing that I'm just like, hang on, what? That doesn't sound like anybody else talking about the exile you know you, you think of daniel daniel's mm-hmm. there you know on his knees asking for 
forgiveness on behalf of the whole people. You've got Isaiah, who's like, yeah. I'm a man of unclean lips, so a people of unclean lips, and you know, talking about mm -hmm. how it's it's God's righteous wrath that we have deserved right. in the midst of this. You know, you got um, you just, it just goes on. You think you think of uh, Ezra and Nehemiah, Lamentation, right? Yeah, you know, the right. way that the way that they prayed and say, yeah, we deserved this, right? Um, mm -hmm. This is this is actually I'm. I gotta say, like, I, I can't. I'm, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure about this, but yeah. I mean, it's like the the, the speaker here actually says we don't deserve this. I mean, yeah. that, that's that's yeah. a little bit different. One of the things I sometimes wonder with these psalms is, how do you say this? And I don't. I, and if this is, you know, I really don't know the answer. If simply because the words are here in psalms, especially if they're put in the in the voice in the in the mouths of someone else singing means that they're um, while they're truly, well, they truly give voice to the, the pathos of the psalmist. Does that yeah. necessarily mean that they're um, good, right, and salutary? <laughs> so, I mean, so you have, what is it, so I mentioned mm. Psalm one, is it one, was it 137, you know, 139, mm. you know, the one at the end that has, you know, in these, these anger and after all this destruction, praise that God would dash the little ones of their enemies against the stones. And, and to ask, is that, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. And so how could anyone ever praise such a thing? And um, right. did, does that mean that that's, is that, is that, I guess it's on 137. Yeah. Is that saying that that's, a, yeah. that's a, a good, right and proper prayer? Or is it saying that, yeah, we recognize mm -hmm. that in the reality of the storm, those sort of, you know, emotions rise up. And so uh, with, with those verses there like that you mentioned, verse 17 and following, you kind of wonder if it's, yeah. if it's that or if it's maybe it's the, although you usually don't get this so much within like those other instances you, you mentioned, it's, it's these individuals within the greater congregation saying like, we Korahites, we were committed to your temple. Why are we suffering with everyone yeah. else who was apostate? Um, and it is. I mean, those, those are hard words for for for, uh, for for Lutherans. You know, especially if you're the type that you know use one of our one of our uh, confessions of sins on a regular basis. Which you know, we confess yeah. for miserable sinner nature by nature sinful and unclean, and for which we deserve your your present and eternal punishment. <laughs> it's it's hard to hear right. on our lips, but we haven't deserved any of this garbage. Um, and so that might be yeah. part of the challenge yeah, there no. as well. No, I, I like, I, I think I like where you're going with this, you know, that, because it, it again takes us back to that, I, we were told in advance that this was a mosquito, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, we, yeah. we, we were kind of told, hey, um, pardon my French here, right? Like, you know, it's like, he, he, we were kind of tipped off that this was going to be very yeah. raw, right? And that, and that maybe the point here is not that this is like, you know, like you were saying, good, right, salutary, um, you know, systematic theology here, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, yeah. that we, we somehow right. yeah. are not sinful and unclean, like, but, but that we've been told in advance, hey, I'm just going to say what it feels like in the moment. But actually yeah. by me showing you, right, and admitting what it feels like, this is going to show mm -hmm. you just just how wrong our emotions are, right? And how mm -hmm. how how wrong our own perceptions can be at times, mm -hmm. um, even even when it feels that way. Because um, in fact, even even the ESV just has the footnote on on verse seventeen, 
it's like they couldn't let it go. They were like, hey, guys, like, hang on a second, lest anyone think this is true. Um, and it's got the footnote <laughs> that takes you to uh, Daniel 9, 13. We were just talking about Daniel, right? Because we saw Daniel's prayer. Um, you know, yeah. and he, what's he say, right? Um, as it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come upon us, right? Yet we have not entreated yeah. the favor of the Lord, turning from mm -hmm. our iniquities and gaining insight. There's that word, um, yeah. by your yeah. truth, right? So, I mean, Daniel's there like, oh yeah, we deserved this. This was, this was exactly what Moses said was going to happen, right? This, this, we really shouldn't be surprised. And in fact, it's still on us because we haven't repented yet. I mean, if, if we, if we would, he might send us back to the to the promised land. So uh, I, I feel like this is, um, I, I think you're right, you're, you're spot on, that this is actually a very unique and important psalm because this is showing that in the time when it happened, when, it, when the emotions were raw, it felt undeserved. It, it felt like God mm -hmm. went too far, right? It, it felt like yeah. it was like, well, now hang on a second. Yeah, we weren't perfect and, and we messed some stuff up, but we didn't deserve to like be totally wiped out and have the temple destroyed. That that's what it felt like at the time, and it was only with the benefit of hindsight, you know, years later of reflection, that God's people could say, "Wow, we really did deserve all of that." Sure, sure, and 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 and, and along with that goes the the in the moment wisdom. Um, it, were you to come across someone honestly and passionately praying this, um, all this has come upon us, even yeah. though we haven't forgotten you have been false to your covenant, um, in many cases, it would not be the proper move to say, well, yes, you have. You really did deserve this. You know, when someone has just suffered yeah. some devastating loss and they say, but I have not done anything to deserve this, uh, the, the Christian <laughs> pastoral even just kind uh, response is not going to be, well, actually, you did deserve this. And this is part of the temporal right. and eternal punishments for which we all deserve for our sins. Uh, maybe somewhere down the road, um, in, upon reflection, we can nuance that and understand how that, um, in, in God's wisdom, how that all goes together. But here, it's just that, that raw emotion and to say, no. I don't need. I'm no, I don't need to offer you an explanation. There's no explanation in this psalm for why these things have have happened. That it is inexplicable, yeah. and it's incomprehensible, and it's horrible, and it's painful, and it's and it's it's tearing you apart, and you are yelling at God, which itself expresses a depth of faith and intimacy, which ultimately is the only thing that is going to get you through this. God forbid you were to stop yelling at God in this context, right. because if you did, I mean, heck, if you're going to yell at somebody, you might as, yell, might as well yell at somebody who could do something about it, right? You know, don't yell at the cashier That's at right. Walmart. Go to the manager. You know, don't <laughs> yell at the, uh, yeah. If, yeah. The, if the world's falling I, apart, you can yell at the radio or the, but if you're going to yell at somebody, yell at the creator of heaven and earth who holds all these things in his hands. Right. Um, and right, I, throwing I think the shoe at the TV isn't gonna isn't gonna change the situation, <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, no, I think brother, I think that that's yeah, no, no, and, and I think I think brother, really, this is a really big and important pastoral insight here, and I mean, like, it really, really, honestly, it, I mean, to my shame, it, it brings up moments where you know, I, I, I think I've encountered, um, you know, Christians who are in the middle of one of these episodes where you're yelling at God, right? 
Um, and, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think, honestly, uh, just to confess my own sin, I, I, I think I went down on them way too hard in, in those moments. Yeah. You know, just like you were saying, like, when someone's in the middle of an episode like that, like, honestly, you, you got to really carefully measure your words. And in a lot of ways, maybe maybe just refrain from using a lot of words. You know, like you, yeah. you, you come alongside the person, you, you, you hold them, you, 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 you grieve with them, right? I mean, as Paul mm-hmm. says, though, grieving not as those without hope. But I mean, th- yeah. that, that was the struggle. And I'm, the, the one episode I'm thinking of in particular, you know, I think I was bringing that up um, to, to the Christian who is yelling at God saying like, Oh, you know, it's okay. It's okay to yell, you know, it's, it's okay to, you know, vent this, but you know, we, we got to do so, you know, with hope, it's not with like total despair. Um, and and they said to me, you know, uh, yeah, but, but today I can't. Right. And, and, um, and I, and I, and I criticized him for that, but I I think looking back Mm -hmm. on it, just like you were saying, I, I think, I think I really should have held my tongue at that point because, it, it, they might not be able to say, like they can, they might not be able to put it on their lips, you know, that they that yeah. they have hope, but that doesn't mean it's not there. Is the thing right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like the, actually, right. the fact that they're yelling at God, it betrays their own awareness because they actually have more hope than they realize and more faith than they realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 if you were to speak back into that and kind of call like, oh, that's 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 forbidden or something like that, you might, uh, a, a person could, you know, cut down that. If I'm not allowed to talk to God that way, then I can't talk to him at all. And then you, while exactly. they, they, and so by thinking you're being helpful and like trying to give the fuller yeah. counsel of God in that immediate, you might actually lead a person to say, well, if I can't be honest with God, I mean, God knows, we all know that our world yeah. is, for, is full of you know, duplicity and, and putting on shows for one another. And if I can't be honest with God, then the person might just say, me included, might just say, well, forget it. Um, and then just, just to yeah, listen. For, forget the think whole thing, it. then. I don't want to talk to them then. Yeah. Right. Right. If you think you got to, I mean, and a lot of people, myself included, and I don't, I don't think it's just a guy thing, but sometimes it's putting these, these terms. You want to you fix things. And so, I know yeah. my, 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 my wife puts up with me way too much than she should, but oftentimes she'll be lamenting something. And my, I, I, yeah. I oftentimes mistake her lament um, for a request that I fix it. <laughs> when actually right. oh, yeah. she just wants I'm, to I'm lament. I'm right there with you, brother. And so Made I'm going to jump in. Oh, well, let's do count. A, B, and C. And, and more and more, yeah. too many occasions to count. She has to say, you know, would you just yeah. be quiet and listen? I was not asking for you to fix the problem. I just wanted you to hear it. <laughs> you can, we can fix it I later. Just, I just wanted and to that, lament. I, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so now I have to admit, and there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a, a pride chunk in that, thinking to fix things. But yeah, this is one of those. And so, oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes people speak of lament, and this is kind of popular these days, that as if that's all there is, that, you know, we just have yeah. to, and we're ministry of presence, and those things are true, and we just have to silence and, and, uh, and, and lament with people, give them space, which is true. Right. But then we also have to follow up with, and yet God does speak. There, there is yet a word. Yeah. There is an empty tomb. There is a resurrection. Um, I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll get to yeah. it, but that, that, that beautiful passage in, um, in verse 22, which, you know, yet for your sake we are killed all the day long, we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered, is the, is the passage then which St. Paul picks up in that most fabulous chapter of Scripture in Romans, in Romans chapter 8, 
when he's talking about can anything right. separate us from the love of God, all this stuff has gone on, naked, fabbing, and, and then he says, we're like these sheep to be slaughtered. And then his answer is no, <laughs> that's not the end of it. Even though you are like sheep and you don't understand what's going on, you're slaughtered, we're more than conquerors through him who, who loved us. And so to honestly yes. be with and to hear and to acknowledge the, the depth of that suffering and, I suppose, and the, the art of being a loving human, of, of a compassionate yeah. person, is knowing when to be silent and when to speak. But then, as St. Paul yeah. shows us in that beautiful passage, there is, there is yet another word. You know, Psalm 44 is not the be-all and end-all of the Scriptures, thank God, because um, all of us just going around being yeah. honest all the time is, is not enough. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that, that's right. Speaking the truth in love don't forget those last two words that's those, those yeah. are those are so critical right and um you know and, and then you know kind of like what my mom would always say you know if you've got nothing nice to say right which i think was was a which was her way of um you know alluding to bambi saying that you know if, if you're not able to speak the truth in love then maybe you should hold off on the truth until you can speak it in love right yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. and that that, that that there's a lot of wisdom in, in that and and i think that no, uh, yeah, let's. I mean, let's go ahead and talk about this because because I, I think it really speaks to um, this this real situation um, and this kind of pastoral situation, uh, a, a moment really in, in how to live out Christian love. I think in ministering to people who are hurting. You know, you've got Paul who who's taking this Psalm, right, Psalm forty four, and he's negating mm-hmm. it, right, where he's saying, no, mm-hmm. that's not that's not how it is. Not in all these things, we're more than conquerors, right. Um, mm-hmm. And so you could take that right and be like, "Hey, look, Paul says it's it's just <laughs> you know like that. No, it's just not how it is. Like, so we should be like Paul when someone starts talking like Psalm forty four. Here we come with Romans eight. Um, <clears throat> you got to got to think about Romans eight though, right? And without doing a whole uh, Bible study on uh, Romans eight, uh, just kind of briefly, you know, you got to think about Romans. He's he's talking to this. This group of Christians in Rome seems like a lot of Gentiles, right? Mm. And here in Romans, he, he's talking about this idea of, I mean, what? He, I mean, I mean, really, he's talking about the the scandal of Israel rejecting God, rejecting their own Messiah, um, mm. and how God could possibly have have done that, and, and kind of the really the, in, in some ways, the the disaster um, that the early church kind of had turned out to be in a lot of ways um how it was it, it was not like just you know on the up and up and like all all the power and glory just shifted from the pharisees and the sadducees over to the christians no um mm-hmm. the persecuted minority um and, and so he's like speaking into that situation um which i think could have felt like to the christians like psalm 44 right like you know hang on mm. what's going on right you raised your son yeah. from the dead um Mm-hmm. Why, why aren't you why aren't you doing more for us right you know here here we are um being killed all the day long but see paul he's speaking this to these gentiles i mean years later i mean i mean there's a lot of space there i mean they're they're not there in mm-hmm. jerusalem where all of the all the the christians were being martyred you know i mean i, I mean paul mm-hmm. i do not think paul is being insensitive and unfeeling and unloving here i mean there, there's a lot of space between jerusalem and rome and when those things were happening and what his correction is here um which, which is i think really pastoral pastorally allowing for enough space and context yeah yeah i'm i'm with you there and this maybe kind of uh 
proof of the kind of things we were saying that that space has happened. He's, he's more speaking descriptively of a, of a circumstance. He refuses to let, uh, to be like a, a health and wealth and prosperity preacher that if you follow Jesus, everything's going to be fine. He's recognizing maybe more now in abstract terms instead of speaking directly to people who are intimately suffering at the moment. He says, yes, there's, there's tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger. Paul has experienced all those himself already in his ministry. And he's speaking, says, this is no different, that, there, that our, our yeah. forefathers and mothers sang the same yeah. sad song and recognized the, 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 the pains and suffering of our life. That, that we, you feel like you're a, a sheep that's being led to the slaughter. We get that. We recognize that. But then, just yeah. as we were saying, Paul insisted here that that is not the last word, that the last word right. is yet that we are more than conquerors through, through him who loved us, which— is the word you Amen. definitely want to someone, you come across someone praying this psalm, Psalm 44, that uh, you would pray for the Spirit's guidance of when you can speak Romans 8. <laughs> it might not be yes. immediately so as to negate their suffering, but you right. pray that either you or someone else would be that person Amen. who could then uh, deliver the gospel when the person was ready to hear it. So and that's what Paul does, I think. Hey. Amen, brother. Um, with that, we are we are all out of time. But I mean, really, I really appreciate um, just having a really a really good conversation here and just getting into this and struggling with it because um, it is so instructive for us. And this psalm, just what what a jewel speaking to us in this very unique way. Um, thank you so much. Looking forward to having you on again real soon. Uh, God bless you and the people there in Emmanuel Lutheran Church. Oh, you too. Appreciate. It. Look forward to the next time. Yeah, ditto. Everybody, that was Pastor Ben Maton, pastor at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Charlottesville, Virginia, looking at this amazing Psalm 44. You know, it's okay, yes, to even have these moments of yelling at God, but even, even in Psalm 44, right, what's the last word? Rise up, come to our help, right? Even if we can't articulate the, the hope, we still, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna beg for it, we're still going to shout it out. There, there's still the acknowledgement, right, even in the midst of the pain there. Uh, such a great insight. Uh, moving on back to back to our regular progression of chapters next time. Until then, I'm Pastor AJ Espinosa. Peace. You've been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.